episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. This is episode 119, and we are the Houdat Jedi Council. I'm Aaron, and with me, as always, is Dave and Fredo. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Long time no see. I've been on vacation. Um, Fredo was taking care of my dogs for a couple days. Did they drive you nuts? Uh, really, the only issue there was they were really adamant about going outside to take care of business throughout the night. That was really the only thing. See, they don't uh, do that to us. They don't do that to us. So they were playing you, sir. Oh, yeah, of course. I know. Look, look. At 1230, at 230, at uh, 445, they're like, ah, come on. We, we need to go out. And of yeah, course, they're, get they're, up. they're playing you. Um, actually, Sophie, just uh, here a little bit ago, brought me the severed head of her stuffed rooster. So you should feel lucky. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, oh, yeah. No, she tore up another thing when, when I was in. I just kind of, kind of went, okay. Pick up all the little fluff, make sure it doesn't get in the bottom of her gullet, and then throw away. Well, we thank you for watching over them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, it was fun. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like I said, I was on vacation, and I, I came back and tested positive for COVID. So, yay. Um, uh, so that <laughs> was, The wow. ultimate present from it. The ultimate uh, keepsake from uh, Disney World. Huh? You know, the thing is, like, boy, you know, I was feeling cruddy before that and i started feeling better and about halfway through a couple days into our like our uh, trip i started feeling even better i was like wow cough's gone i'm feeling like great and then it was like the last day i just started feeling like garbage again and we got home and i tested and i was like oh, okay yeah sure enough so um but uh yeah so i went to disney world though and that did not you know my my crud didn't uh keep me from enjoying all of Disney World and Galaxy's Edge. I finally saw Galaxy's Edge. And um, it was interesting uh, because, well, first of all, we, we got to, it was our second day there that we went to Hollywood Studios. And we went to the, because we we're staying at a resort, a Disney resort, we got half hour early entry. And so we went first to Galaxy's Edge. Right. And, um, and so I will, I'll, I'll just skip to the end here because after we spent so much time there, Britt said, so did it meet your expect, was it everything you hoped for? You know, did it meet your expectations? This is something we talk about on this podcast all the time is expectations. And like my instant reaction was, I'll tell you this. I said, it did not disappoint me. It did not right. disappoint me. Um, I think, you know, first of all, I, I, there was, when I first saw the Millennium Falcon, my reaction was typical Aaron. I was like, nah, that's cool. It was like when, when I was a sophomore in high school, I went to New York city with the marching band and never been to a, a big city like that before. And I called home and my dad said, so how is it? I'm like, nah, it's all right. You know, as he said, you know, typical Aaron response. So that's kind of the way it was. However, when we were sitting there eating lunch and I just keep looking over and there's the millennium Falcon and I'm eating lunch and I look over and there's the millennium Falcon. It's just like, that it's so weird. Um, <laughs> so we did buy a lightning lane for rise of the resistance later on in the day. Um, so the first thing we went on was millennium Falcon smugglers run and Britt and I were pilots. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm going to be that guy, but I get the right seat because <laughs> I wanted to launch us into, uh, um, hyperspace. Like, and, uh, and, and that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. Um, Britt and I were horrible pilots. 
just <laughs> awful the first time around. The people who were in there with us had to be so mad at us because we were crashing into everything. It was just awful. <laughs> but uh, it, which, as a matter of fact, then later that day we went again, and as we're walking on, Hondo says, "Oh, I can't believe that you're back." I mean, so that was kind of one of the creepy things. I can't believe you're back after what you did before. So it was like, oh, hmm, because that RFID <laughs> tag in your that they there must be something to that because then the, when we did went a couple of days later. We didn't get that sort of thing. Second time we flew it, we did better. Um, the thing I was bummed about, though, is because it's so early in the morning, they were hustling us through quick. We didn't, I didn't get to sit at the chessboard. It was just like, uh, all right, you're here, you're a pilot. All right, you're going to do left and you're going to do up and down and then you get in. It was like, okay, got some pictures, but I mean, that's cool. Um, but the thing that Britt and I kept talking about, you know, it's through Disney throughout is that they don't have to go the extra mile on some of these details. They don't have to. They could have just said, go through this hallway and get in this thing, and now you're flying the Millennium Falcon. But all the, the scratches and you know the, the boxes and the, this, the stuff that's uh, just the way that the, the love that they put into the cues and to actually all the design of Galaxy's Edge especially... Holy cow, what was that? I have no idea. Dave, did that come from Is that me? No. I think, I think that was me. I think that was me. <laughs> okay. Something happened. Okay. I think, I, I think that was the, the, the must be the ghost cheer, cheering for Aaron, going back to uh, get his, uh, go, go back and do the, do the pilot and let him fucking right. Anyway, um, so, but just all the, all the details that they put into it, they don't, they don't have to do that, you know? Um, and that, it, like I said, it was all throughout Galaxy's Edge. Um, I got scolded by a stormtrooper, so that was fun. Um, I do have to say, Rise of the Resistance, um, they they hit that one out of the park. Um, from I mean, from I, first of all, have you guys watched the point of view? I, I'm like you. I didn't want to get spoiled. <laughs> I'll eventually write it. I'm, okay. I'm guessing. So. I won't. I, then I won't. I won't say. It, but the way that they move you through, even though you're still standing in line, basically, I mean, it is. It is like you're in a murder mystery theater. Like it is. It is. It is that type of immersion. It is. I mean, you're part of the. You know, Disney always likes to tell you that you're in a story. You go on Splash Mountain and you're, you know, Brer Rabbit running from Brer Fox and stuff like that. But this is like when you have people dressed as first order, you know, uh, officers telling you to get into a holding cell, you know, and then you get yelled at by General Hux. I mean, it's they ha it, they have they, they plan this thing. So it is like you are in the story. Um, and that was so it was like I said, that didn't that didn't disappoint. Um you know, we wrote it a couple times. Um, it was funny. The second time we we got to Hollywood Studios, again, I had purchased a Lightning Lane just because I wanted to make sure I'd get on again. But it was like the wait time was five minutes at like 8 o'clock in the morning. And I said to Britt, I said, you know, I know we got a Lightning Lane. She goes, you got to go again. We could, we have to go again. So so we got in line. And five minutes, we got in line. I'm like, this isn't going to be five minutes. And we looked at the wait mm. times again, and it suddenly switched to 150 minutes. Now, we were only in line for an hour, 
So by Disney standards, that's not bad. And you got to see all of the queue and everything. So that was cool. Um, But however, it was that time we got partway on and Rise of the Resistance broke. Oh. So we got into the bay with all the stormtroopers and everything. And they're like, you know, sorry, folks, park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. Everybody go out that door, you know, so, and we'll give you a lightning lane. So it's like the, you know, the mystery immersion's gone. It's gone at that point. Um, So we went back on later and it was, you know, it was all good. Um, It's a good ride though. Um, Savvy's workshop. Really cool. Dave, you've done that. Mm -hmm. And again, just such a special thing that is event that that is. I will yeah. tell you this, you know, I was planning on doing Savvy's Workshop and then buying a Legacy lightsaber, but the Legacy lightsaber that I wanted um, was not in stock. So I was like, well, let's see if I can get another reservation for Savvy's Workshop. And I ended up getting another reservation for a couple days later and built another lightsaber. And I will tell you that doing that a second time was not nearly as special as the first time. Every time I rode Rise of the Resistance was bonkers awesome. Same thing with Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Bonkers awesome. Building the lightsaber first time was just incredible. Second time was like, yeah, I felt like Tackleberry in Police Academy. Like we're talking, when do we get the guns? When do we get the guns? You know, it's like, because um, uh, you start hearing, you've heard the script and they have a script, you know. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was still very cool. They, they put all that time and effort into, you know, the details, like I said. So, um, like I said, Galaxy's Edge did not disappoint. Um, I said what, and Ogus Cantina was fine. I was kind of talk, took, bleh, taken off guard by um, our bartender who was like, it was like, have you ever been to that? Uh, I went to one in Texas. It was like, oh, what's it called? Dick's Last Resort, where they, they yell at you and throw like the napkins and utensils at you and they're really rude to you and stuff like That's the way this dude was. It was like, he was like, what do you want? order what do you want it's like holy cow i just flipping (laughs) star wars drink and listen to the music shut up you know um but uh august cantina really really cool again the design of it was incredible um i i i got to thinking though it would have been cool and then scott colesby talked me out of this a couple days ago as he was in the street and i was on my porch we were talking about this um I said it would have been cool if they would have done Galaxy's Edge all like um, Takadana where mm-hmm. Maz was. So you make the cantina, Maz's cantina, and you could have her there, you know, and that whole area. Instead of being this made-up Batu place, it could have been something straight from the movies. Um, but then he was like, but then any character that they would have yeah. brought in there would have then... I don't know. It could have caused some cataclysmic event and would have made everything just all messy. So it is probably better that they went with Batu. Um, I think so too. And you know what I found when I was there was that it was very difficult to navigate. I felt like I was in an IKEA. Where... Yes, yes, Nebraska Furniture Mart. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, you're just like trapped in there, and you're like, "How? Wh- where am I going? But I watched which, it. Which watched way it. is this? I watched a video on that, and they said that was on purpose because they want you to get. Actually, theme parks in general want you to get kind of lost so that you mm-hmm. have that sense of discovery. And in Galaxy's Edge, especially, they want you to have that. Where the hell am I? And you turn the corner, and there's the flipping Millennium Falcon. 
yeah. you know, instead of the first thing you walk into Magic Kingdom and you see the castle. I mean, you can't help it. It's just right there. And so that is, you're right, though. You do get kind of lost. And especially when there was pouring rain, it was kind of fun to find our way out. But... That was kind of fun, right? Like <laughs> We had the same experience where it was raining that afternoon. And it was like we're ducking under these canopies and trying to figure out how to get the ogas. And it was like, All right, wait, it's over here. And then like there was a waiting list to get in. It felt like exclusive or something. You're like standing around out in the rain. Um, I'm like, I don't know all these other peasants are going to get in, but we're getting in. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the whole thing, the atmosphere was sort of improved uh, by the weather, actually. So. And I'm sure they designed it that way as well, where everything would look gorgeous, wet, and uh, like all these surfaces and everything. It looks so lived in and you know, foreign and, and I don't alien. Wanna, and I don't yeah. want to spend the whole. I don't want to spend a whole gob of time on this, but I would have knowing you know in my job sitting in on meetings where they're designing a product. Can you imagine being in the meetings where they were designing Galaxy's Edge? And the nerddom that had, would have to come out in that, where it's like, no, <laughs> that box wouldn't be sitting there, or there would be a scratch there, or there would be, you know, because like I said, all the love that they put into this, um, they it did not disappoint. They did not, pardon me, they did not half-ass it. Um, so not at all. And yeah, now one little bit. Um, I remember the Falcon, like you you hearing you talk about that, like not having enough time to like experience like the chessboard and everything else. We must have had 90 seconds, two minutes, something like that. But it was just whirlwind, like, you know, because I'm like, you're just taking it in and it's like, what? Yeah, it's so disorienting because you're like, wait. My brain is telling me that I'm there and I'm not, I know I'm not there, but it's just like, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. So time seems to just sort of slow down. But well, yeah, you want, <laughs> and you do, it's like, you want to say like, dude, I've been waiting forever. I just, just let me sit here and look at this. I don't care if eight people go in front of me, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So that was odd because I remember like being aware like you're not gonna have much time in there, go. And then we went in, and like my kids, like we are, we're gonna pose for photos and everything. And I'm like trying to rush them through it because I know other people are trying to do the same thing. But it just, while doing all of that, still just sort of getting lost in the moment. It was yeah. it was surreal. So can you tell me, tell me right quick, how good of a job do they do in hiding the lines of sight so you're not aware of? the rest of Disney. You don't see well, you're, you don't see anything. It is it's just the rocks of Batu. You you absolutely do not see anything. Um and what's also kind of cool is when you're when you're going from this is like um by Star Tours and you yeah. there's this like yeah. tunnel that you go through. Yep. And it's cool because it starts with subway tile and then it kind of changes to a different type of raw stone until then all of, you, all of a sudden it's just rock. So it is like you went through a, a time warp or something, even just that design where the tunnel starts with mm -hmm. what was before. You know, Disney does that well when you're going from land to land. The music, you know, keeps on going. Then it 
you know, kind of morphs into the music of the new land. And they did this visually with, like I said, the subway tiles to stone to earth and rock. Um, and then, of course, the you know the ships and the droids and everything there was good detail. Um, that tunnel, it, it, it um, I just recently rewatched uh, Roger Rabbit, and it was like that. Like you, you go through this tunnel, and then suddenly you're in Toontown. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it was like that sort of transition, and and yet it felt like completely natural in a way. So, so yeah, so that was that was Aaron at Galaxy's Edge. Um, the Bespin Fizz, the drink, it never stops bubbling. And I, <laughs> that's the, if there's any part of Imagineering that had me confuddled, it is that. I don't know what makes, has to be that they put it in an uber cold glass, but it never stops fizzing. And that's the other thing is that the mixologists, they could have just made, you know, make a Cosmo and call it, you know, Rancor's blood. You know, they didn't have to. Make whole new foods, yeah. A whole new drink or a whole new food, yeah. They could have just yeah. given you a hot dog and said, "It, yeah, it's a Ronto, you know, it's a Ronto dog, you know." And it's like, okay, and everybody would have paid eleven dollars for it and been fine. But they, again, they went this extra mile, so that was, that was pretty cool. So anyway, um, can't wait to. Go How's back. the rest of Disney? What's that? How's the rest of the of the uh, oh, vacation? It was awesome. We had a good time. Uh, you know, Genie Plus, I will tell you, I was telling Scott this too. I was, I became a pro at Genie Plus. I was stacking fast passes like nobody's business um, and figuring out how, how to work all that. A lot of people are ticked off by it, but it worked fine for us. But we're only a group of two. You know, we're not a family of five, you know, trying to maneuver that. Um, so for us, it was fine. Um, yeah. Um, no, it was all good. It was all good. You know, um, pickups good. What's that? The teacups were good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And in small world. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, it's, uh, I, it was, it was the best week I've had in over a year. And, and I know people sometimes get down on Disney adults, you know, and it's, pardon us for you know liking to escape for you know uh for a week so anyway but we don't need to talk anymore about my disney vacation uh, but that was galaxy's edge it was like i said did not disappoint um so let's we're gonna skip trivia let's just go straight into some news fredo what's going on uh so well actually if it's okay with you i'll just mention one bit of news and then i'll just launch into all the star wars celebration because talking about immersing yourself in something last show, last pod we did, we said they're holding all the news for Celebration, and sure enough, it's like all the Christmases came all at once. So uh, the one bit of news I'll say is uh, we'll uh, mention the passing of Colin Cantwell, who passed away last week at the age of 90. He was one of the uh, designers in Star Wars. He designed a number uh, of, in uh, worked in 2001, Close Encounters, but he's best known as the guy who designed the X-Wing, the TIE Fighter, the Star Destroyer, the Death Star. Oh, he's one of the, the guys involved in designing and making all the stuff that everybody went to celebration to gawk at and marvel at um, and try to live at. So, you know, they mentioned that he passed away last week, so have to mention it right now. Speaking of 90 years old, did you all see John Williams conduct... Um... 
the yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi theme, and then the Raider. I want to be John Williams when I turn ninety. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, he's having a blast with his life. So uh, I'll skip the other two uh, headlines. No, I'll you're going to skip over something after I get run through the mill last week about no Kathleen Kennedy meant blah blah blah. Kathleen Kennedy. Meant, what is this? <laughs> Kathleen okay, Kennedy fine, clears up fine, her fine. comments. So okay, so here she we go. So to our podcast. She listens to our podcast and said, "Oh shoot, Aaron's right." Okay, so anyway, so yes, in the middle of celebration, everybody was doing interviews. Kathleen Kennedy was doing interviews. She did a couple of ones, uh, kind of big ones. So what, first one that she did was she was doing it with Games Radar, and she was asked about the first of all, she was asked about the slate of movies that are coming out because. While they mentioned some of the movies, the celebration was primarily focused on the TV shows, Disney Plus side. So she confirmed that, first of all, the next Star Wars movie that's coming out is Taika Waititi's for sometime late 2023. But she did not confirm December. She says that is not locked in. However, beyond that, then she goes into uh, uh, discussing the big talking points about recasting famous characters or beloved characters so when she says quote i never say never it's certainly not something that we're doing with any intention right now we're still talking about lando with donald glover for instance but i don't think we would intentionally just look back at some other characters like luke and leia and whatnot and decide arbitrarily to do a story there would have to be a really strong reason why end quote then they follow up is there a future for Solo? And she says, there's always a future so, for Solo. She, she doesn't listen to this podcast, but Lucasfilm obviously pays attention to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Some pub that, I mean, sorry, my brother works in politics. Some publicist went in the next day and said, Kathy, we got to clean this up. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a, it was just a bad comment. It was a bad quote. So, I mean, which, Go ahead. Go ahead Especially in light of the, the Glover stuff, which is like she's admitted, like, we are still talking to Glover about doing Lando. And um, so it's kind of like a hypocritical stance to well, be and, taken. And, was it, and sorry, was it Donald Glover's manager that called up Kathleen Kennedy and said, yo, what's up here? You want to you want to explain this quote for me? You Maybe. know, it's which, like, <laughs> let's. Let's look at, you know, let's look in the definite in the dictionary under breach of contract. And, you know, <laughs> well, here's what's interesting. In another interview, she did uh, believe with Cinema Blend this time. They flat out asked her about what's going on with Donald Glover and Len, the Lando project. She says, quote, you need to ask Donald. He's the one that holds all the cards here. There's no movement. I will say that honestly, but it's not for lack of trying. It's just that he's a very busy guy. He's got another series and think one other thing and then he'll come our way. So patiently waiting. And, you know, that's one of the aspects of uh, Donald Glover's, you know, dynamics reality. He is writing, starring, executive producing in Atlanta for FX. He's actively involved in his music career as Childish Gambino. He's also doing the odd movie here and there. So in a way, it's not like he needs to jump on this Star Wars Lando Calrissian uh, train. He could do that at any moment. And they can wait because Taika Waititi's mm -hmm. been in production of this mystery movie for apparently two years and is going to be released at the end of next. So, but anyway, no, I just, uh, I mean, that obviously, like mm -hmm. I said, I, I called it a bad quote. I'm vindicated. So there we go. All right. So, yeah, so 
celebration was uh yeah i well, said i said it was either going to be nothing or it was going to be a whole lot of stuff once again i'm vindicated because it was a whole lot of stuff uh but there was also a lot of non-news news i think in some of these so yeah yeah there was a lot your, of stuff kind of keeping your ear to the floor but anyway that's kind of the thing it said it was you know they had a lot of panels they had a lot of stuff we're not going to mention everything because we couldn't even if we tried uh i'm just gonna have kind of you know dave this is the moment when you, you put in the princess bride bit of there's so much to explain let me sum up because i'm just gonna go down the list of stuff and you can you guys can stop me and say hey that's not so interesting so i do want to mention uh, at the top though we're going to kind of go yeah. in chronological order like release order here so like the first things that we're going to discuss are the things that are coming first um right. so that if you're following along you're listening and you're like okay Get your calendars what? out kids yeah the, exactly. this is all like in the calendar and it's all set to go so yeah, and if this is... is the most organized of the three of us so yeah and if there's a there's a release date i put it in there if not uh you know that just gave you fall. so anyway <laughs> So let's start off with uh, first thing that's coming out is August 5th. We're getting Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation. So they're doing another continuation <laughs> of the Lego Star Wars thing. Holiday Road. I hope that song is in there. That should. That should be fun. As they're going down uh, uh, with the Millennium Falcon. Well, I want to see uh, a the next... Trooper in a Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, next bit is August 31st. Andor. First two episodes come out. Uh, we did get finally a trailer, which I'm sure you both have seen, right? That yeah, that, I was pumped about that trailer. That looks good. And actually, I mean, we're going to talk about Obi Wan here a little bit. Obi Wan is the best looking stuff that they have made to this point. But I think Andor might end up putting that to shame because that looked good. The technology, love, you know, Park is getting raised to stick it more comfortable with technology uh by the way one of the things that they did mention during celebration is star wars uh, i mean Andor's going to start five years before rogue one so and then season two will take you right up to the start of rogue one so they're confirming season one 12 episodes season two 12 episodes and that's Andor. so whether it went to or not they're telling it's going to be two seasons not going to be a wrong running show and the first season will deal with, uh, like you said, that time period f about five years beforehand, and then the second season but, should deal take you right into the movie. But you, you said you just again. I want to talk about what we talked about last week. It, it was you said that's. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's a lot. We're getting twenty four episodes. Twenty four episodes of this. It's like this is awesome. You know, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't need to know what Cassie and Andor did in third grade. You know, I, that traumatized him. You know, but. This is going to be, that's probably going to be a heck of a story that we're going to be telling. And I mean, there's a point where you Absolutely. can also overdo it. So anyway, I just think the material is so rife with potential for just individualized storytelling. Well, it, like, could, it could branch off. It could, branch, yeah. it doesn't have to be Cassie and it could be, we're only getting 24 episodes of Cassie and Andor. it could be, what if there's an offshoot of some, yeah side character that is also maybe another fulcrum and it doesn't have to be a hundred percent character driven like it can be he gets into adventures and we and we see what those adventures look like because like that's 
that's just a period of time that we've seen on on film works really really well in this universe um like almost without exception so uh really excited to see what what kind of direction they take with it because again they they could make it a character study they could go deep into the guy's psyche and talk about his traumas and all these things they don't have to do that at all they could just be like you know here's the lay of the land and let's let's get into some adventures one of the characters I'm most interested in seeing in the story is Mon Mothma, who we got a bit of in the trailer, because this is she's still in the in the Imperial Senate, so to speak. So we're gonna get see get to see her living that double life yeah. as Imperial Senator and Rebel big big week. So it's gonna be interesting how they uh, put that in. So that's coming again August thirty first. Next thing after that will be Bad Bad Season 2, which is coming this fall, and we got a trailer. And didn't really see much in the trailer, I don't think, except for mm -hmm. uh, Commander Cody. Everybody's excited yeah. about that. He's working for the Empire. Shocker. Um, but uh, it didn't... Sheev showed up. Yeah. Sheev, Sheev. We, got, we saw some Sheev. Uh, and and uh, Omega grew up a little bit. Yeah, yeah it makes me wonder. Makes me awesome. wonder what how much of a gap there is between end of season one and this. But but again, it was it was nothing mm -hmm. earth shattering of a trailer. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the, the detail that it's coming out this fall <laughs> is the, uh, maybe the most interesting detail because I don't think we had really any idea of when it was coming out. So, right. Uh, so you're gonna get Andor, and then you're gonna get um, Bad Batch, like right on. It's and then fun. on top of that, and then on top of that, also coming out this fall, Tales of the Jedi was announced. We got a trailer. We got told it's six episodes. Three will focus on Ahsoka as a young as foundling, a youngling, and then three will focus on Count Dooku as a Jedi. You actually see Ahsoka's birth, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, and by the way, this trailer was not released released it was shown mm -hmm. to people in attendance so if you go surfing around you'll find somebody's cell phone you know recording yeah. of it um and in this uh <laughs> tales of jedi pardon me um liam neeson is qui-gon jinn exactly the guy who said i wouldn't do qui-gon jinn for anything right i mean a couple weeks ago so he checked um, uh, the check cleared yeah. Um, and actually, I think it's, is it his son is doing young Qui-Gon Jinn in this? Did I hear that as well? Um, which we'll talk about that in Obi-Wan here in a little bit. But uh, mm -hmm. um, I think this is cool, but it also shows that Dave Filoni just does what he wants. <laughs> Dave, Dave Filoni is running things, folks. I mean, as far as creativity, uh, creatively, sorry, creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he, yeah. It, he, like, he was he I'm, was interviewed about this and talked about how he had this idea on a plane basically of intertwining these two stories of these two characters and doing something with it and they basically greenlit it like immediately we'll find you the people to do it basically yeah i mean i think i think somebody at lucasfilm is always thinking they're just hoping that dave filoni has another idea so yeah, because well, essentially when I first saw the title Tales of the Jedi, I thought, oh, we're going to go Dark Horse comic style, go back to the Old Republic, go back like thousands of years. No, this is, I was like, whoa, okay, they're, do they're doing more prequel stuff. 
But when you watch him interviewed, I am happy. I'm over the moon that Dave Filoni is at Lucasfilm and doing what he is doing. Because mm -hmm. I don't think there is, I mean, this, this guy understands and can communicate a vision and under, but understands what star Wars is and has a passion for it, like a childish passion for it. Um, and like I said, I'm just, I'm over the moon that he's, that that's who we have as a creative, you know, whether or not that's his official title, but as the creative, you know, mind for Star Wars right. right now, I'm happy that that's there. So. It's really interesting <laughs> to to consider the concept of this show, which was like he had an idea, a brainstorm that these two characters would be the centerpiece of this show. And they don't, on paper, <laughs> at first glance, they don't have anything to do with one another. And so how are their stories going to tie in with one another? Is it going to be kind of a compare and contrast kind of a deal? Or is there going to be an actual sort of interaction there? And I think that's really, really kind of cool to speculate about. I think part of me wonders if it's a lot of like table setting for what we'll get next year, but you know, he does do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when bad batch got set up and at the end of clone wars, you know, like he, mm -hmm. he does tend to, Use one project to springboard into another, or use yeah. one show to because it did that in Mandalorian season two with Ahsoka. Yep. So speaking of that, Mandalorian season three announced for February 20, 2023. There was a new trailer that was shown. I'm not sure if this was was you know put on for everybody to see, but it was definitely a new trailer shown at Celebration. So it was funny. Yeah. Was it was it Skooks on Twitter that said mm -hmm. um, he said let's see if this tweet you know how well it's aged or something like that and mm -hmm. that he thinks he said mandalorian's just season three is just going to go and start picking up random kids to you know train you know and stuff like that and i just replied i said have you seen book of boba fett he's like no not yet i got about you know like halfway through and then i stopped i was like <laughs> need to watch it but that that's the thing i mean there there it is mm -hmm. it's like He's, one show to the he other. has no idea of what has happened. And I don't know. I can't remember. I think it might have been Skooks. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, has no idea. It's like, um, yeah, you need to go. So kids, if you don't know what we're talking about here, you need to go watch the Book of Boba Fett right now. I've heard that from a couple of other people, too. Just like, well, I, I, I watched a couple of episodes and I couldn't get into it. And I just I haven't finished it yet. I said about the last three. You need to watch about the last three. Mm -hmm. so. I I said like look I'm not revealing a lot when I say this the book of Boba Fett is a very poor title for that series <laughs> like that is Mandalorians plural <clears throat> yeah I mean bottom line that just that's that's that was a poor title because that's mm -hmm. not what that show turned into by the end of it but um mm -hmm. but uh, it was interesting seeing the trailer just how much they're focusing on on the mandate from the armorer about what Din needs to do to become a Mandalorian again. And how much of focus is on Bo He said Bo-Katan, everybody uh, froze <laughs> up. Um, yeah, and it goes back to Mandalore and whatnot. So, yes. 
That trailer Andrew, was one of the fuzzy shot at the bottom of a well trailers yeah. uh, for me. I didn't. I don't think I saw the original yet. Um, and uh, but still was interested enough in the in the material to to enjoy it. Um, Grogu makes an appearance, and the armor chastises him. And if you know anything about what you think you know about the armor at this point, that like, well, yeah, she's. She's going to keep that up and she's going to keep talking badly about Bo-Katan. And we know that that uh, there's going to be a, a confrontation at some point over that. So I want to remind you once again that uh, there's people who have speculated that the armor was a Darth Maul follower because mm-hmm. her helmet has the horns. So I think we're going to I mean, that would make sense why there would be be at odds with Bo-Katan. A anyway. specific one, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. so right after that, uh, spring 2023, we're going to get season two of Star Wars Visions. So the anthology animated show, which interestingly it, for season two will go beyond Japanese animation. They're actually opening it up to other animators, animation styles from around the globe to kind of, you know, get into Star Wars and kind of do their own thing with it. Uh, don't think they show a trailer. I don't think they have much beyond discussing that it's coming back and this is what they're planning. Uh, I mean, doing. and but that'll, be, that'll be interesting because I mean, you know, it's like when somebody says anime, it's like I have a mental model of what that is. Granted, it's Speed Racer and it's you know, uh, Robotron. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Robotech. Robotech. Um, but uh, when somebody talks about Irish animation, I don't have a mental model for that. You know, or South African. I don't have a mental model for that. So this is going to be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I might, there's good likelihood that, you know, this, you know, you know, I, uh, ignorant Midwest, Midwestern born white dude is going to probably see an episode and go, what the hell was that? But, you know, that's good. You know, that's good to be exposed to that because who knows what this, you know, otherwise, if it's just animations, animation, but what makes Irish animation stand out? from apart from anime or apart from Fine. anything else so that'd be cool it's gonna create an interesting juxtaposition yeah yeah um if if i had one one critique of uh visions the first season it was that it seemed a little samey uh from yeah. story to story to story and uh i think like the the fact that they're potentially spreading out and going to different potential sources um here uh could only be a good thing so mm-hmm. so after that sometime also in spring 2023 we'll also get young jedi adventures which is the first it, it's animated an animated show set during the time of the high republic but this one is aimed at young viewers so this is more in the which, kids, which totally means that somebody in their thirties is going to rail on it on Twitter. So I mean, oh god, forget TikTok. Never mind TikTok. They're going to be awful about it. <laughs> this ain't yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a story. <laughs> it's a story about younglings becoming Jedi Knights, grappling with compassion, self-discipline, teamwork, patience, and friendship. So. Well, as I said, as, first full-length animated Star Wars series created for a younger audience. As long as and all as the characters first... are white, then everybody on Twitter will be fine. Ooh, yeah, well, we're going to get into that <laughs> later. But, um, oh, dear God. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. kids. That was sarcasm there. I, yeah, we'll get yeah. to that story here in a little bit. So. We will. We will when we're talking Obi-Wan. But um, like this is, um, I like I I like it. And like to your point, Aaron, there are going to be those critiques where people well, are just going to be like, "Oh, it's for kids." And that's the it's thing. It's terrible. Like all the stuff that Fredo has listed off. None of it is like at aiming towards the demographic of your three kids, Dave. I mean, you know, no, like, like Lego Star Wars and this. Right. Like, okay, that yeah. maybe. You know, yeah. it's like so. Yeah, they need. Let's go for it. As long as we don't do Star Wars babies, that's the only thing I ask. Is I don't want Star <laughs> Wars babies. You don't want to. You want to give lightsabers to babies. Star anyway. Wars babies. Oh God. So the the last the last two uh, major announcements came for. They're announced for 2023, Apart, but no date. No, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. I, for, I totally forgot something. We gotta wait, go way back. Bad Batch, the biggest spoiler, the biggest thing in that Bad Batch, I said that didn't show us much. Yeah. I lie. Gunji, the Wookiee Jedi, <laughs> is back. He's in there. He's there and wielding the green lightsaber. So that's interesting. Sorry. Okay. So I'll let you go back. I just wanted to throw it out there because I, I, we were talking oh. about Star Wars babies. I was like, well, a Wookiee baby would be really cute. And I was like, wait a minute. We have one. And it's Gunji. <laughs> So okay, well maybe maybe grown up Gunji will turn up in Ahsoka when it, that debuts in sometime 2023. Right now, there's no date. They showed a tiny during their panel a tiny piece of footage, basically showing what everybody freaked out about looked like um, Sabine as well as Ahsoka <clears throat> as well as uh, uh, what's her name? Jeez, Hera, Hera, Hera Syndulla. Yeah. You know, so, like they saw a toilet, you know. So, and then Chopper made an appearance at the panel. That was well, everybody... and you know, and they actually interviewed um, Natasha Lou uh, Bordisa, yeah, yeah. And they, her and Rosario Dawson. Um, yeah. and, and I mean, they were saying she's Sabine, I mean, so they were just there's no yeah. secret here. Um, however, it was funny because I was out in the yard playing with the dogs and Britt comes out and she says, I'm wondering how much of the summer reading I'm going to have to do. So she obviously pays attention to what we're talking about because she saw the, you know, the, the recap of this trailer for Ahsoka and how people were freaking out over Hera and Sabine and all this stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, there's actually, and honestly, I think ladies and gentlemen, the last season of rebels um probably like the last five episodes you'll probably be fine you know at least to get to know who these characters are you know because by that time kanan's dead so we're dealing with your spoiler massive spoiler alert no one's ever really gone uh for a for, for a 10 year old show but uh but anyway um I and just watched about the last. I, I was like, I could show you a couple episodes, and she was like, actually, I'd probably be fine because I'm nerding out over this all the time anyway. Um, but I mean, that, the whole thing, whole thing. But however, I do want to say that I'm. I hope, I hope this doesn't become a rebel sequel, and I hope it becomes more of about Ahsoka becoming a Jedi. But of course, maybe there's going to be a second season. So. You know, is it misnamed? Show? You know, we talked about Book of Boba Fett being like horrifically misnamed ultimately. Uh, and I feel like this, like to your point, is feeling a little bit like Rebels 2 
electric boogaloo. Um, well, though, and, and we and we talked about also, you know, like when you start talking about, um, well, people, uh, I, I was fine with Rosario Dawson being cast as Ahsoka, but the minute you start having more, if, if it's not going to be Vanessa Marshall as Hera, it's right. not going to be Tia Sagar as um, um, Sabine. Sabine, it's not going to be, you know, um, Taylor Jackson. Taylor, what's his bucket um, as uh, Ezra whenever he comes back? So is that like the more that you add to that, is it going to make you feel more unsettled as far as where I'm at? You know, probably, I mean? probably. Gonna, and it's it like, be more I feel like, like cosplay than it is, you know, continuing the story. I, I what I would suggest, and they probably smart enough to know this, is that you need to fold in new characters that had nothing to do with that previous story, because like that's how you create distance naturally. And so, yeah, you recast everybody. It's gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel different. So lean into that and make it different because you you've titled it something different. Drink heavily. <laughs> I mean, but just also, lean into that. But also, but also, kind of one of the the advantages, one of the realities is this is a show that's taken place at least a decade from the last time we saw these characters. Is it? So actually, well, I mean, yeah. put it this way: With the, the last yeah. time we no, saw what these I've, what I've heard though in that trailer is that we see the the end like that last scene of rebels you see yeah you know the mural uh, the mural and you're they're recreating that so this is picking up this is like six years later because or we'll put it this way when we saw Ahsoka in season two of mandalorian that was six years later yeah and she was looking for thrawn at that point right so and... this might this might go back a, a year or two but i don't think it's going back to the time of the rebellion so in other words my point being, there's an age sufficient distance from that show where you can say these characters have grown, they've changed, so any difference is going to be chucked up to that. But execution is the big deal. Uh, the other, I, the I, other. I, no, I was just going to back you up on that. No, um, no, okay. I think, like, I also think, like, people, all three of us, are going to feel really strongly about them needing to nail it because we all love rebels. If you've watched Rebels, you grew attached to those characters. You grew attached to the story, and it really affected you. Uh, I've had fr I have friends that say like, "This is the best Star Wars television." Period. No qualifiers. Uh, Rebels, and so I, I, and I people will, feel strongly about this. Yeah, so, I, I will. Yeah, I will say that I would. I wish that I I, I know where he's going to go with this, and it's going to be that continuation of the Ezra you know where's Ezra story mm -hmm. um, I wish he would have just done another animated season to wrap that up and let the Ahsoka show be about Ahsoka post all that stuff mm -hmm. but we'll see because I mean yeah. in some ways and in some ways that there's something to be said for the juxtaposition that's going to come in terms of Jedi being a Jedi that Ahsoka has versus the one that Ezra has. Whereas Ahsoka was born and raised and trained in the time when the Jedi were 
numerous, saw them fall apart. She left the order. Princess Ezra was trained by a half-trained Padawan on in the middle of the rebellion. And yet, in some ways, his final act that we've seen is the most Jedi of all, the sacrifice. So it's going to create an interesting dynamic between the two of them, I think. Uh, no, no, we don't oh. have we don't have long to wait. So exactly next year, and then next year the other thing that got announced was officially we got the reveal that Grammar Rodeo is Star Wars Skeleton Crew, which is a new show going to star Jude Law and a group of kids. It's going to be set in the New Republic era and follow kids lost and trying to find their way home. Right on, which is. So, which is kind of what we already knew. We just got an actual title for it and found out that Jude Law was in it. So that's cool. Um, you did you skip one on purpose? I just skipped. I just kind of mentioned that. Uh, I mean, because this wasn't a movie or TV show. This is a video game. Uh, they, we got a trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the follow up to Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, it's going to be for next gen consoles. The interesting part, though, is and what's going to you know lead us into Obi Wan is it's set to take place. Five years after Jedi Fallen Order, which would put it about the same year as both Solo and Obi-Wan Kenobi, 10 years before Battle Yavin. So 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, I'm sorry, uh, it's when this stuff will take place, which because those uh, Jedi Fallen Order also heavily used the Inquisitors, I wonder if we'll see any story threads or ideas come into effect in between all this stuff. You know, I, if... Uh, if Okay, so we're we're and we're, I mean we're gonna get into talking to Obi Wan here in a second. You got one more little news bit, but if I wonder if they if if they hadn't have spent all their allowance on Obi Wan already talking to a Jedi on the run, then I would have said putting Cal Kestis in the Obi Wan, you know, mm-hmm. linking those two together w- would have been a good idea. Now it's just going to seem like oh here's another jedi we're running into which maybe it's going to be so anyway um but i'll let you get the last bit out before we talk about obi-wan just right quick that uh it was officially confirmed that star wars celebration will be next year in april and uh if you're looking to go to it uh save up your pennies because it's in london yeah so it's officially confirmed that aaron's not going to celebration next year oh come on i mean maybe nebraska will play in april in london London, right yeah so um uh, all right well uh man tons of, like i said tons of stuff i said it was either going to be feast or famine and it was feast there was a lot of stuff and that wasn't even all of it kids um so go check out their youtube channel you can get all the daily recaps and things like that and you can see some of the interviews um hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor were like all over the place um actually did ewan mcgregor like allude to um more obi-wan coming up anyway well yeah he's yeah he's been talking in that way and then um is he or is he just going all moff gideon on us you know um john carlos facito yeah, yeah. <laughs> just running yeah. his mouth we got a we got a harrison ford cameo right yeah yep during you know? the uh that which, was which, that, that who wasn't did he owe money to that's what i want to know who did he owe money to you know it was like hey harrison you want to come do you want me to do what and say like, you owe us and he's like oh okay well um, I, to be fair and this is what's interesting because they had that lucasfilm uh panel 
Well, yeah. They, because because they didn't have any. I mean, there's not an IndyCon, right? So there's no other place for them to put that Indy Five stuff into. Same thing as they didn't have a place to put the Willow trailer into. Sure. And I'll be honest, that was the trailer that got the most to me. Mm, so yeah, yeah, they did it. They did talk. They showed uh, some uh, at least a uh, some production art of Indy. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan. So I'm going to preface this with uh, I was talking to my brother yesterday um who you know has been on the show before he's responsible for me being the (coughs) star wars nerd that i am (coughs) pardon me (coughs) and i i asked i said um have you watched obi-wan he's like yeah and i said what'd you think he's like yeah we'll see and i was like we'll see i said what didn't you like he said what didn't i like and there was a pause, just like I'm pausing. He's like, eh, we'll, we'll just see. We'll see. And I find it interesting because, um, first of all, I really dug the first two episodes. I know Dave really dug the first two episodes. Fredo, I'm assuming you really dug them. But Dave, you mentioned that you're, you, you sent us a message that are like you're seeing reviews of people who are like, kind of like my brother, but worse, saying that this is just dismal. Um so I guess maybe let's use that as just kind of a preface, but let's just, let's just talk about our, our instant reactions in watching it. Um, first of all, my first reaction is I want to know if all the people who were ticked off about Luke Skywalker and the last Jedi are ticked off about Obi-Wan in the Obi-Wan first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, because he is the exact same character as Luke Skywalker. He has cut himself off from the force. He has disillusioned. He doesn't want anything to do with anything. He still has a sense of duty, kind of, but it feels like I've, I'm, 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 I have a sense of duty because I'm supposed to, you know. So he is a dismal character. He's just going to work. He's commuting yeah. to work. He's commuting home from work, and then he's going and eating crappy food in a cave, and then he's going back to work the next day. And we saw that three times. But anyway, I want to know: Are the he's? It's the exact same. It's the exact same. Um, I was uh, quite shocked. I mean, given the current events of you know the the massacre in Texas, mm-hmm. and then to open we open up with Order sixty six again, but in the Jedi Temple, and we're seeing a teacher protect her students from yeah. people with guns. I was like, holy crap stranger things we just binged that they have a warning at the beginning saying we filmed this a long time ago and so this is going to be this opening scene is going to be kind of rough everybody so heads up obi-wan didn't do that and if i went there i anybody had to go there so that but i mean however it's it's part of the story um no i dug it the production value i thought was great um i like the idea of Obi-Wan being beat down and curmudgeon-y, you know, because mm-hmm. it gives him a place to go. I mean, that's what I was like with Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Um, yeah. And the and yeah. the we'll talk about the baddies a little bit later. I, w- I will say that I'm really confused about what happened at the end of the second episode. <laughs> Um, because Rebels comes into play here, but we just got done watching Book of Boba Fett where we know that maybe people are playing around with how to fix your gut. Um, 
But Dave, yeah. Dave what do you, you think about Obi-Wan? Uh, I, you know, the origin, the beginning uh, was magnificent to me. Um, I'm not sure that Order 66 has ever been portrayed quite so viscerally as that, other than maybe the scene with the younglings and the lightsaber. Um, it was just really powerful to watch it from the perspective of people who were directly impacted by it which by the way are we all pretty much uh in agreement that one of those younglings is reva the the uh third sister so anyway okay yeah no yeah i think that was i think they absolutely set that up um also thought that it might have been a redirect in that the um the younger jedi that found obi-wan on Tatooine, i thought they might have been setting that up as well Oh, excuse me. Dave and I are both uh, recovering from this, so pardon our coughs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, um, so it opened with a bang. I loved that. And I just thought episode, the first chapter was just spot on perfect and exactly what I th- expected to see from it. And then, uh, and I really appreciated the redirect. Um, did you guys figure out <laughs> why are they showing Alderaan? Why are they showing Princess Leia? Did you guys figure that one out? Not at first, no. Yeah. No, I don't know where you're going with this because that was one thing I was like, wow, I was surprised because Britt and I were talking about this at dinner. I said, I was surprised at how much they focused on Leia. So and, what what is your point here? I mean, they clearly were setting up the kidnapping. Um, and the reason for Obi-Wan to leave planet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was only, you got to think there was a, like maybe a list of five things that would have gotten that guy off that planet away from Luke. Well, and he says as much to Bale. He's like, my responsibility is to this kid. Um, So I thought that was really sort of genius. Um, that, that would be the thing. Um, by the way, that little totally girl was perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, all that stuff, for me, worked really, really well. Um, and it just... Uh, it, like I said, it was a bit of a redirect because you're saying, th- th- <laughs> why are we watching Leia? Why are we on Alderaan? What's going on? And uh, yeah, it clicked into place about halfway through. Fredo, your thoughts? So, yeah, so uh, I'm much in the same uh, with you guys regarding the overall, I mean, starting off with Order, Order 66 kind of has become the touchstone for Star Wars fans. It's like, you know, it went from a, a minor moment in one movie to the defining moment for a generation. Uh, but I, but it's interesting, and, I wonder, and I'm certain that one of those kids was Reba, because I even saw uh, people breaking down that, there's some, you know, whenever you go back to episode three, that same bridge where the kids are at. There, later on, Obi Wan and Yoda find younglings dead there. So, uh, I thought that the representation of Obi Wan in the first episode was excellent. I mean, it makes sense. This is a guy who's living with PTSD. This is a guy who's living with the weight of his failure. Who is trying? Who the only thing he's got to live for is this sense of mission that he's got about protecting Luke. 
So it makes sense that it would reject the called lean uh, Tatooine. And it also makes sense. I mean, that scene between him and the uh, Padawan, the other guy, just tell him, look, walk into the desert, bury a lightsaber, pretend that there's none of this ever happened. Uh, I mean, it was harsh, but it's also true. That's, that's what you expect from this character at this moment. Uh, so I really like I love the moment between him and Owen. I love the moment between Owen and Riva. Uh, I had mentioned, I think, a few weeks back when the trailer dropped that for the longest time, I've always felt like everybody else that the reason Owen and Baru died was because the stormtrooper showed up looking for the droids and killed them. But part of me now wonders, maybe, just maybe, Owen and Baru thought that they were showing up for Luke. Because if you've been carrying that weight and you know whose kid that is, which is one of the things we'll get to towards the end, too, uh, about knowing when I can Skywalker is and how rare of a secret it is. Uh, but overall, I mean, I really loved the first episode. I really enjoyed the second one. I loved the uh, young lady. I mean, like, she was perfect. She was perfect. As, you, know, you can totally see this little girl growing up into the Carrie Fisher or the Leia that you see in episode four However, and the Leia that you see in episode eight. Kind of. You know, the, the thing that was a disconnect with me, it was because of um, from the the Yoda chapter of a certain point of view for Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. where he he goes on about how he wanted to train Leia because she was serious. She was disciplined. She was everything Luke was not. But they mm-hmm. were really showing that Leia was just as reckless and as, you know, adventurous and everything as Luke. So. Now I'm 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 saying that's just one little disconnect. However, I mean, um, I thought the little girl was awesome. I th- I liked mm-hmm. that portrayal. Um, yeah. What what is first of all? There's a couple things that stuck with me that I find interesting is that all the Inquisitors have you know, <coughs> pardon me, <laughs> third sister, sixth brother, number mm-hmm. brother sister. And she has it as well, but she's also known as Riva, which humanizes her. So are we going to see a shift? Are we going to see a redemption? Are we going to see a some sort of conflict there? Because otherwise, why would you give a baddie a first name? Okay. So yeah, because we haven't gotten a name for the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, I mean, never did. So that's just something that I found interesting. But to Dave's point about, I'm, I know I'm skipping all over the place here, but to Dave's point about, you know, the people who were complaining about these first two episodes, and I said this at dinner tonight as well when Britt and I were talking, I said, because she's an English teacher, and I said, it's obvious that people can't stand exposition. And that's what these first, I mean, the first episode was all exposition. And the second episode was, all right, we're getting off into our adventure. And people in this Disney Plus stuff, it's like, because there's not a bow wrapped at the end of an episode where everything has been resolved for them, I think they get mad. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, Fredo brought up a good point, I think, in our chat, which was... um, uh, the the nature of the storytelling is so different in television versus film. Um, in film, you're pressed for time. You have to get this stuff just out 
the story has to be done in two hours, ideally, and sometimes three. Um, and television is not set up that way. Uh, so it will be a little more deliberate and sometimes to a story's benefit. Uh, you get to find out more about what makes a character tick and uh, where they're coming from and more of their background. Um, you get to explore some of those things a little bit more in depth. Uh, and so f- there are their pluses and their minuses, but it does make the storytelling a little bit more deliberate in nature. And I also do wonder if a model that Disney Plus uses, because they could very well do the same thing that Netflix did with Stranger Things, where actually I think they just kept the last two episodes of this season. But Netflix normally just, here's the entire season, you can watch it once a day, once a week, or you can just binge it all in one sitting. Disney Plus has never done that. They, they're doing better now in regards to, oh, we'll give you the first two episodes. You can watch that. But they're still holding on to, you will come back the following week to do that. And, you know, if you're accustomed to a model where you get all your story in one go, which is primarily how Star Wars has been done until Disney Plus, this shift is a lot harder to adapt to because you're not accustomed to it. And a lot of people seem to have a problem with the fact that you got to wait to get all your answers. They want all, they want everything now. But if you get all your answers in episodes one or episode one or two in the first sitting, what's the point of the other four? What are you waiting for? Do you, do you think that there is a kind of a trippy mind thing going on here with people where they are seeing such good quality coming out of this that they're thinking, I'm watching a movie? And so there's something that trips them into, I should have this result, you know, at the end of it. Um, because again, maybe, it, it, I mean, it's not like you're watching the Ewok movie, you know, it's like you're watching <laughs> quality stuff here. And so I don't know, it'd be interesting to, somebody needs to do it like a doctoral study on this. I mean, this would be a, this would be a fun little research study. I do think some people just hate joy. Um, I think that's a thing. Uh, there is a, a market for hating a thing uh on the internet um true so that that is a thing and it is the coolness factor of oh well the modern star wars sucks and we've seen that since phantom menace um so i think there's some of that at play but i also just sat down with it and i thought like well what what am i missing right like why did i like this so much and why would other people not like it and i thought it might be a little inaccessible to to new fans are just hopping in now inexplicably it's like <laughs> I, would, I would i would agree i would agree with that except for how many people liked wandavision who had never seen a marvel movie and i'm talking yeah. about my mother-in-law you know it's like <laughs> they really dug wandavision because if it's a good story it's a good story you know um, but also but also wandavision had a rather neat trick to tell its story right. it wrapped its story in the mode of classic American television sitcoms, which allowed it to, it was given to you, it's almost like a, like when you give uh, one of your dogs the medication wrapped in ham. Like, it may not know what the medication is, but it knows the ham, and it likes the ham. So, much in the same way, WandaVision, that was the, that was the uh, judo move to get people to uh, start watching it, but normally wouldn't have to be like, why do I want to watch a Marvel show? Whereas I think with Obi-Wan, because it's connected. This is one of those issues that I think we hope 
got Filoni, Favreau, Kennedy, the whole team behind it, eventually branches out of, is the fact that right now all the stories are interconnected. Yeah. Kevin Kennedy mentioned that uh, during both Celebration and before and now. Right now it's all interconnected, whether it's Disney Plus or the movie. But at some point, you want to start telling different stories because otherwise it just feels like you're telling the next middle chapter in a story that has just tons of middle chapters. So here's the thing that's going to be interesting for us to watch um, because Ewan McGregor made this comment at Celebration. He was being interviewed. Um, and it seemed kind of like just a throwaway comment but all of the other, like all the Mandalorian stuff in the Book of Boba Fett, we've had different directors for different episodes. And he made the point of saying, you know, Deborah Chow is the one and only director for this. And he said, and thank God, because he said she is awesome. But he said, so you see her vision throughout the entire story. And that's an interesting thing. I mean, as much as I've enjoyed, it's like we've like, man, this Bryce Dallas Howard episode was awesome. Or, oh, wow, this, you know, Taika Waititi mm -hmm. episode was awesome. Did that create a, you know, like disjunct or just did it mess with us and not have, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what this looks like at the end of the six episodes because it's been Deborah Chow's um, uh, vision throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um the other thing, uh, the other thing I was hit with was like, all right, so we, are, uh, first of all, I love how they say 10 years later, you know, it's the first time they, they tell you when this is happening. So that's awesome. But he still is waiting to hear from Qui-Gon. And the, you know, it's like Yoda said, I'm going to teach you how to commune with him. So my comment, I was like, Obi-Wan, what the heck you doing, man? What have you been doing for 10 years? Or Yoda, are you not giving him the lessons? Who's dropping the ball here? I was like mad at the two of them for a minute. It's like either somebody ain't teaching or somebody ain't learning. You know, that's that was. Um, but of course, then it's like you get to, like I said, Luke cutting himself off from the force. Obi-Wan had to cut himself off from the force. Otherwise, it's like, you know, the minute he does something, Voldemort will know where he is and he comes and gets him, you know. And that's, I mean, that was alluded to in the episodes. It's like, I can't ignite my lightsaber. I can't use the force because that then makes everybody's ears go up and find that's where he is. So how do you commune with Qui-Gon Jinn and stay hidden? They don't. Um, I, I think there were a lot of really neat details too that were probably not uh that we haven't touched on yet slicing off the little piece of meat to to feed to his uh steed yep. yeah did you know that those were carnivores by the way i had no <laughs> idea yeah now we know right <laughs> but that was just like this lovely little detail which is like there's still a compassion and a consideration for other living beings that you're seeing through that mere through that simple action because he repeats it it's not just a one-time thing he keeps doing it um i think that's important i think that informs where he will end up to your point aaron he's not where he should be um but where he will end up will be a reflection of that sort of um mentality or ethos um i liked uh, you know, I've seen it pointed out many times on the internet since that um, Leia refers to him as Ben Kenobi 
in episode four. Yeah. Uh, and how would she get that name of all names, his pseudo name? Uh, well, he, you know, she interacted with him and he, here you go. Um, so this is actually kind of a fun little uh, tie in there that you get to like see how that. You get a little bit of a uh, hint at Leia's force abilities. Her, yeah, she and she's always been more of an empath, right? I mean, we saw that in Force Awakens when when Han dies, she feels that, um, and when she says, you know, in Return of the Jedi, I've I know I've always known, um, you know, and so in here you today, she's, here she's you know little Leia is yelling at her cousin, say you're afraid of your father, you know, she's basically oh, yeah. reading his mind. She, she knows how to read people. She knows, which makes her a great ambassador, senator, negotiator, leader. She knows how to read people, how to tell exactly what they're feeling, exactly what they're afraid of, or which, you know, it's interesting seeing her at this point that it's already so well developed. But and that was one of the things that I really appreciated about it because up until episode three, we'd never seen Alderaan beyond the moment it got blown up. And then we got to see a little glimpse of it. And now getting to see a little bit of it and getting to see yeah. Leia with Bale, seeing that relationship, her knowing that she's adopted, but that she's treated like any one of the family, the dynamic between her and her parents. It, it creates a good juxtaposition from what we know of Luke, because we know that at some point Leia's going to have to grow up and become the center, again, become the person that we see in episode four. But getting to see all this, it's 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 a treat. It's just wonderful to get mm -hmm. this bit of information because it's not something you expected to get. You know, you thought you were gonna get just Obi-Wan background story. Like like seeing Obi-Wan living his day-to-day -day exile life was cool because wow, you know, you didn't realize I know I've never thought of I thought he just lived out in the desert. I didn't realize he was so involved and how did he fed himself, how did he kept himself alive makes sense. But getting to see this side of Leia's life, which we hadn't gotten any glimpse of his awesome. Well, and did you did you like the moment um, where he stopped because she reminded him of Padme? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and so yeah, the whole thing is, uh, and you know, and I was, I, I, it was also interesting when when Leia, you know, was in trouble, and well, first of all, she's giving him crap for not using the Force. She's like, you're obviously <laughs> not a Jedi, and you're not. And then when he actually uses the force, he's, I mean, that's when you realize he shut himself off because he struggles, you know, one of the most powerful Jedi on ever struggles. Um, so, I mean, I've, so far, I mean, we could go along about all these moments that we like and, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, and at the end, you know, he is clued into the fact that, and actually, Reva says, yes, Anakin Skywalker is alive. And she connects. The, we talked about it last week. It's like she connects the dots for him that Anakin is Darth Vader. So it's like, hey, how does she know that Anakin is Darth yeah. Vader? How many people know that Anakin is Darth Vader? Of course, there is security footage of Anakin Skywalker being called Darth Vader. So maybe she saw it as well. Who knows? Um, it wasn't common knowledge. no. Mm -hmm. Th Thrawn himself had to piece it together like Thrawn didn't know you know like there are a lot of major players within the Empire itself didn't know so what do you think she like, is her, her comment when when the, uh -huh. the the other Inquisitor says 
what do you hope to gain by this? And she says, what I'm owed. That's, that's the interesting thing. What is the connection between her and Obi-Wan? Was she supposed to be Obi-Wan's Padawan, but he took Anakin instead? I'm not sure about that, just because Obi-Wan was very young when he took... I mean, he literally had not... I mean, I, think I, back I, to I episode know. one. I don't know. No, no. He literally had not completed being a Padawan when he defeats Darth Maul. But, but she's also... Gets named a Jedi Knight, and next day, but, but she's he's also, taking... But she's also young enough that it could have been Anakin is now not a Padawan, and so right. maybe she was next up to be Obi-Wan's, and then, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's something well, there... Well, there, there is a history there, um, but I, I really appreciated her character. Um, just to what see. if, what if she was in line to be Anakin's next Padawan? Could be, yeah. because what she got denied. Have... She got denied that by Obi Wan in a way. Yeah, one of the interesting, and this is one of the reasons why I brought up Jedi Fallen Order and its sequel, because they lean heavily into the Inquisitor spec story in that in that uh, video game i mean the whole point is you're when you're playing calcasas you're on the run from the second and the ninth sister and the jedi knight who takes you was actually the master of the second sister but she basically betrays where she's at because the inquisitor once you get taken to their fortress you are not just tortured you are broken physically mentally emotionally so that they can rebuild you in the dark side of the force so there's always this juxtaposition between all the dark star uses about trying to get as much power as possible. But because these are all, I mean, all the Inquisitors are either Jedi or Padawans who were taken, tortured, beaten, abused, and then turned to become Inquisitors to hunt down Jedi. In other words, mm -hmm. their abuse victims turn to become abusers against others. And, yeah, that's an important yeah. point. I'm not sure everybody who's listening to this even knows that backstory because, like, that the Inquisitors are basically people who would have been Jedi or were already on a path to becoming Jedi. They're force sensitive. And instead of being recruited for that purpose, they are recruited to hunt down force sensitive people and murder them. <laughs> and what's and what's interesting because the ultimate dynamic between all dark side users whether it's ancient sith modern sith the first order is they're always on a quest for power so they're always looking to screw one another and i don't care what medium legends extended universe whatever whatever medium you want to discuss if there's more than two dark side users they're all looking at how to topple yeah. one another so there you know the idea that <laughs> Riva would be looking on a way to get higher up the ladder in Vader's estimation and take over for the Grand Inquisitor, whom she seems to not have a good relationship with because <laughs> he keeps trying to put her in her place and she's not having it. So, you know. um, so let's take a step out of the, the story, the story, the film world, and let's go into the real world here. I made the comment earlier. I said, as long as all the characters are white, then the people on the internet will be fine. Um, couple things there was a tweet a couple weeks ago or a week ago maybe that said that deborah chow had um uh, has been preparing moses ingram for star wars fandom and to be ready for the hate and then yeah. today um 
the official let me let me find it here the official star wars um social media account um actually posted this on all their channels they said there are more than 20 million sentient species in the star wars galaxy don't choose to be a racist we are proud to welcome Moses Ingram to the Star Wars family and excited for Reva's story to be to unfold. If anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome, we have only one thing to say. We resist. That's where we are in 2022. That they're having to set up blockades for their, their uh, actors of color. No, it, it, uh, just a few minutes ago, uh, Star Wars' main account actually retweeted a, a video from Ewan McGregor basically saying, yeah, give this character a chance. It's going to be awesome. And it's, you know, sharing the same message of... You know, but, you know, but however... I, and how, yeah. I mean, give this character a chance. It's like, how about not be a... McClunky. Uh, pardon me, you're going to have to McClunky that, Dave. But I mean, it's like, how about, you know... And, and, and you know my wife and I were talking about this and I, I mean, thank God for the people that I grew up around because I don't, this, this is, this is dumbfounding to me, mm. you know? Um, but she, and she said, you know, she said the same thing. She's like, you know, there are, this is a, this is a minority of, you know, star Wars fandom, but they are loud and they have nothing better to do. And that's the problem. And, so it's like what the what the Matanki. I mean and how do how do you how do you stop this? Well the way the the way that you do it in part is the way that they've done it. I mean, look, we've we lived through the abuse that both Ahmed Best and Jake Lloyd got in the in the prequels, and even Hayden Christensen. I mean, he's admitted there's a reason why he took up you know, left movies for a long while and it was not having to do with reactions to jumper. Uh we saw the reaction that uh, Kelly Marie Tran, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley all got. And we just saw, you know, so and we just saw the reaction that some of the fans had to some of the stuff with uh, Book of Boba Fett and whatnot. So I am glad that if this is Lucasfilm's stance going forward, I'm all here for it. Enough. It really has to be said. Enough. They, this they, is not and they, and they the majority, not even the half. Not a third, not a quarter of the Star Wars fan base. And you know how I know this? Because you go look at all the videos of Star Wars Celebration, and it's kids and adults of all shapes, races, nationalities, genders, colors, creeds, all in love with the same thing, all proudly and humbly coming together. But and, This is a small subsection, but they are annoying and they're McClunkies. Yeah, and my point is that I think Lucasfilm needs to be you know, not as subtle as we resist. They should say, this is Star Wars. If you don't like it, don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I mean, at, 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 they, at some point, you just need to be that blunt with people. So a real level of stupidity that goes into this in the, in the, in the front end, um, which is just like, what, what, why, why? And again, like you're bringing hatred into something that never asked for it. And I think we get into a position where you have this small section of stupid, small-minded people attacking people. And so other people 
rightfully think I need to come to this person's defense. Um, but then they'll say outlandish things like, well, this is the greatest actress of our generation or something. You know, they'll go overboard in defending her because they feel like they have to. It's like so far, the jury is very much out on this character and her performance. We don't know. But for anybody to come down against her on the basis of race is just patently offensive and there's no place for it. And none of us will will tolerate any of that. If if I hear that, if someone says says that to my face, I'm going to say, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm not listening to that. I'm, that is not the world that I that I choose to exist in. Again, well, Aaron, I'm in the same boat that you are in. I was not raised in an environment where I thought about these things or had to think about these things because I had that level of privilege, right? But I was also fortunate enough to not be slapped in the face with this kind of thing repeatedly. And, and like... I'm not going to say anything about the political climate in the country, because, again, I know that that can ignite an entire different conversation. But we're in a position today in this country where I hear this stuff more often today as an adult than I ever did as a kid. It's far less taboo. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, It used to be taboo because people would shout it down. So and we need to get back to shouting it down because it's and your, vile. Your alarm's going off, but you know the thing. Another thing that Britt has mentioned, she's like the thing that frustrates her is that the people who have this opinion, they they miss they miss the point of Star Wars. It's like you do realize that the bad people all look the same. Now they they you know they I even wrote they, it into the story. They they integrated a little bit you know in the you know in the uh, sequel trilogy, but it's like growing up, all the baddies are all they all look the same. They're all white dudes, and the Rebel with, Alliance with British accents. The Rebel Alliance with good all the good people. They have different aliens. They have you know men. They have women. They have you know they droids. Have, they have diversity. It's like you're missing the flipping point of Star Wars. You know, diversity, good. You know, homogenous, bad. You know, it's like, uh, so it's how do they, I don't know. Well, again, it's it's the same thing as always. It's this is a lot of this is my Star Wars and therefore it must fit to my definition and always and only work for me. How dare you make anything that may work or appeal to somebody else? No, it must always fit my. And well, it's like, and how dare you? No. Any anytime you make somebody different from that, you 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 put a woman in power that threatens me. You put a black woman in power that threatens me. You know, um, so yeah, it's. I've seen the stupid kind of arguments where it's like, well, why does diversity matter? Why is diversity good? Because it's like you treat everybody equally. That's why. I mean, like, there's nothing about a person's appearance that makes them 
superior to another person. Well, and end of discussion. And, and what we've talked about all the time is that representation matters. You know that, mm-hmm. yeah. that it's we had we had friends. They were older friends, and I don't mean that as an ex, you know excuse. We're they came to visit New Orleans, and we were driving them downtown. This is back when Robert E. Lee was still, you know, up on the uh, on the pedestal. And one of them said, "I don't, I don't understand. It's you know, it's why, why is it, why is it such a big deal?" And I, and I, I said, "You know, I said first of all, the guy never was in New Orleans, but beside that, I said, no African American in this city should have to walk in the shadow of the biggest white supremacist that this country has ever offered up. They shouldn't have to walk in that shadow." And it's yeah i mean i i so representation matters to see you know um a an african-american you know in a prominent role well i mean she hulk is getting a little bit of this as well you know it's you know we're gonna we're gonna see this in miss marvel i am sure the minute mm-hmm. that you're gonna is, see this i mean you're gonna see this in andor you're gonna see this in ahsoka i mean just the fact look Lucasfilm was front and center when they came out with that Vanity Fair issue, and I we said three of the four people on that on that cover were Latino. Yeah. So you know that you know the people having a problem with Moses Ingram right now, they're gonna turn right back around and have a problem with whatever comes out of uh, Andor or whatever comes out of Ahsoka or whatever comes because that's their mo. Their mo is unless you're appealing and the world reflects what I want to see 100. This is crud. And you know what? I love the fact that look at film saying no. We have a global fan base. We have a fan base of every kind, and we are going to make a Star Wars for all of them. And it doesn't need to appeal to you, and you don't have to like it. And if you don't, well, thank you so much. Uh, and I mean, maybe the, again, we got to wrap things up. But maybe a way to combat this is that you know, it, the the people who are making the most noise attack those individuals. You know, those of us who are on the light side of the force, <laughs> we need to directly offer the support and praise and not just talk in generalities of racism is not allowed in Star Wars, but say at Moses Ingram, whatever her Twitter handle is, you are an awesome and, you know, valuable member of the Star Wars family and we love your character and blah, blah, because you they get hit more with that. That's how you drown out mm-hmm. the idiots because the idiots are personally attacking and we yeah. tend to generalize and try to make this umbrella, but that's not as effective. Anyway, um, it's just, it's just sucks when she, she's trending right now. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's how big a deal that this has become is that now she's trending because some idiots were awful and and so here we are and it's like she didn't ask for that she didn't ask for any of this she has to be in a space wizards movie you know i mean this is this is the role of a lifetime for her in in Mm -hmm. many ways you know there are actors who dream of just a little cameo you know, a two-minute appearance in a Star Wars movie. This should be a great thing for her, and it's going to be a great thing for her, and I hope that she knocks it out of the park. You know, we're still... Next episode drops tomorrow. We're going to be looking forward to it. 
we hope that it comes out great and this just springboards into more and bigger and better. And by the way, I don't know if you got to see, there was a little moment that they shared where she, you know, just had a moment geeking out about the fact that she's an action figure. Yeah. Like they had her showing up with a little action figure and then the Black Series action figure and she's freaking out about the detail that they got. And it's just like, you can just see that this is, you know, any one of us would be dying to be in her shoes, to be in this moment, to be like, wow, I get to be not just in a Star Wars movie, but I'm wielding a lightsaber, I'm fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm being on stage with Tom Vader. This is awesome. And it's like, and here come the people who just got to be the turd in the punch bowl. Well, the, uh, the unofficial motto of this city is be nice or leave. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to... Um, we need more of that. Dave, what is this thing you just shared? Uh, it's taking I was going to say, in this regard, we need to be being nice or bleep off. Yeah. <laughs> so It's just a picture of her taking a selfie with uh, Hayden and Ewan. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And that she has every crapped right to, on. Right. She has every right to have this experience, to have this mm-hmm. moment. To, for it to be a great thing and obviously and it's going to be and here's the thing it's going to be unfortunately there's always that there's, there's going to be the the tea that roll of toe the bit of toilet paper to the bottom of her heel saying oh yeah there's these there's these they're jerks down here too. Well, we, we also uh, have know. we also have a lot everybody has this we've and we've joked about it that's not my star wars but we all have that and mm-hmm. we need to get away from it Oh yeah, I even yeah. I saw Star people Wars, saying that. Star oh, this Wars is not going to be canon for me, and I'm like, Star Wars is not yours. Star Wars is not Dave's. It's it, it. You have to just figure out what is Star Wars. It is not. You know, I've often wondered this. Like you put a, you know, you put a piece of art in the, in the museum. Is that still the artist's, or does it become? Does the community own a piece of that? You know, is it a little bit of a timeshare? Um, I want to make one last yeah, distinction it, too. You get the because, final word. You get the final word. Okay. There is a difference. And I think we've talked about this on this show too. There is a difference between saying, eh, I'm mad on the show. I'm mad on these actors. I'm mad on this. I'm mad on that. And adding them on social media, speaking directly to them, talking about what a disgrace they are or insulting them. There is a huge difference between those two things. And if you don't recognize that, you've lost a little bit of your your humanity yep. to me, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. No, yeah. And I, again, I think we just, we need to start being the, a little bit louder than the, the squeaky wheels. So, um, yeah. Well, all right. Well, we'll, We'll see what uh, Obi-Wan has to offer um, in the coming episodes. So we never even mentioned that Flea is a, was a baddie. <laughs> which, so Needles, I kept Needles asking, was in this. I kept waiting him for Ask Obi-Wan if he was chicken. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that was awesome. So, all right. Well, uh, with that, we will uh, we'll check out. And we'll I guess we're going to say who that. And uh, like I said, we'll see what Obi-Wan Episode 3 has to offer, and we'll be back here next week to to talk about all of it. So until then, everybody have an awesome week.